do it. Welcome to Champ's Corner. Today is Saturday, March the 13th, 2021. My guest today is my older brother, Mike Fields. Mike, thanks for being on the show. Uh, it's good to be doing one of these. It's been several months since we've done one. And so <clears throat> we're just going to be talking about IU basketball, of course. We're going to talk about the tournament. And then we're going to talk about um, some NFL football as well. So as we get started, obviously, with uh, the recent events of IU season ending, what are your opening thoughts on just on just how the season went and and you know what's your what's your thoughts as we go forward and what do you think is going to happen? I guess would be another another question as we as we get started. Well, the season started off really good, I think, with you know until the last six games, obviously. But I think what we've seen is either the talent's not there or the coaching's not there or something's not not really doing very well because they're not not getting better from week to week. They seem to be regressing and obviously ended on a on a dud. But, um, you know, obviously with the buyout being $10 million, you're not going to uh, want to spend that kind of money. But maybe they find the money and, and replace him, you know. It's obviously this was probably the worst year we've seen since we've been watching Archie coach. And it's been really bad. So, uh, I don't know what they're going to do. I hope they replace him because I don't want to watch another season like this. But uh, maybe he can improve it. But I, I don't see any evidence to support that. So we will see. I mean, <clears throat> I was thinking, you know, this is four years, This is the fourth year of Archie. And the first year, you kind of give people slack because you don't have the recruiting. You got a lot of what Tom Crean had. They had a winning record, um, but... You know, it wasn't anything great, obviously. Um, but then that second year, again, they were kind of on the bubble. Went to the NIT, but we kind of thought they might get in. There was a little bit of improvement, and that was the year, obviously, that that uh, Romeo came in. And I would have to say, I don't know if you you can echo this, but Romeo was a bit of a disappointment. Um, there was a lot of hype surrounding him, and he was a good player, but I just didn't think that he really lived up to what, what we were looking for. And, no, because you compare him to a, you know, a three thousand point score in high school like Damon was, and you expect him to be someone that's going to be a top ten scorer and make everyone around him better. And um, and I don't know if that was his fault with his injury. I don't know if that's coaching or his teammates just weren't as good. Um, you know, when someone comes in like that, but um, yeah, I'd have to say it was a, a little bit of a disappointment, even though he still scored you know sixteen points a game, but. It didn't change the program any. It didn't. He didn't transform anything. I think we all thought, or most of us that are diehard IU fans, that we thought that was going to kind of, like you said, propel us to, you know, better recruiting and and kind of get us get us, you know, more on an elite level or getting closer to that because we haven't been an elite team for a long time. I don't know with, with that year. That was the year I think I in, in Archie's four years. I probably watched that year the most. That just looked like Romeo. I mean, he didn't he didn't play hard a lot of times, and and I, I remember talking about this with several people that he's gonna go he's gonna go pro. I think we all knew that, but it it really didn't benefit him um, in the long run. Well, I think he he's came not, to IU because it did benefit him because if he doesn't go to IU, then he's not going to have as many people from his hometown and and from Indiana root for him, you know. So it kind of in a way it was a business decision, and then you get offered all those 
you know, all that money. So you can't fault him for for. Here's yeah, but here's what my point is on that. I mean, yes, he was a, he was a top fifteen draft pick, but to me, he needed he needed another year just to develop his overall game. I mean, and honestly, I, I don't think it was the right decision. I don't think financially it worked out. You think about it now, he's not even in the NBA. I looked that up here a few weeks ago. He's not even there. So his career was cut. So yeah, he got a big che- he got a big check at the beginning. I guess that's just that's True, another to- that's another still topic. Making, still making those millions these next two yeah. or three years, but he didn't he didn't do for IU what we hoped he would do. That's why we were disappointed, right? That he didn't stay around around long enough from the beginning, but he didn't make our it didn't make more recruits want to come there. And, and something to build on, right? Yeah, you know, it wasn't a springboard that we. Hoped I mean, we did be. get we did get Davis, you know, Dell Davis's boy, of course. Um, that was a good recruit. And he's a good player. Um, so second year disappointment. We were on the bubble. Kind of thought we could make it, but we didn't. Last year, of course, obviously we know that with with the COVID. To me, they were kind of a similar team that they were in year two. Maybe they were a little bit better. They were going to make the tournament look like they were going to be a nine or ten seed from the projections. So I guess you could chalk it up. To, okay, they were they were. <laughs> A tournament team, barely. But I don't know. At that point, I'm still kind of I'm leery at that point, I think. I don't know if you felt that way, that after three years, we, we, there's not been a progression we thought we might see. Sure, and if this is a bad year because of COVID, because of all the things that's happened, it's been a difficult year, but everyone's had to deal with the same things. But you just hoped that you would see progression. You wouldn't hope to see that we go two for 20 from the three-point line as much as we have. And that's been the disappointing thing. The thing that, you know, at some point, you, do you lay this on the coach or do you lay it on the players? The players have to get better and they have to be willing to put in the extra time and do their things. But on the flip side of that, Archie's the one coaching them. He hasn't changed anything. He didn't He didn't change his defense. He didn't change his offense. He didn't. He didn't do anything to really say, you know what, he's trying here. He's doing some things. He didn't give us an opportunity to say, you know what, the coach is doing some different things and the players just aren't able to do what he wants them I mean, to you're, do. You're making a lot of the points I've been talking Obviously, we talk about, with Dad a lot about this, and he, he's good at kind of looking at the other side. and give, kind of. I think he's wanted to give Archie the benefit of the doubt. Here, here's my thought with them, with Archie and just some evidence. And I've kind of read some things in Sports Illustrated where the, the guy kind of – he just talked a lot about the things we're talking about. But think about this. In four years, he's not – had a, bit, a winning record in the Big Ten. We've not had any good offensive teams in four years. Our defensive uh, efficiency has gone down every year that he's been there. Because we know going in, Archie was known for being a defensive-minded, hard-nosed coach. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I'm, I mean, to me, four years is a long time to really see what you're going to get. I think that's, I think that's a fair... We think it's a long time, but it's probably not that long of a time. He signed a seven-year contract, too. Right. So he's halfway through his sure. deal. So in the scheme of things, is is that fair? And I don't, I don't, not disagreeing, but we tend to see things in shorter increments because of our society and where we're at. I don't disagree with you, but um, would we feel differently if he stays around and he, and he gets better over the next three years? Yeah. Which I, I don't know. I would. But I, I don't, I don't see any evidence to support that right well, now. Yeah. Well, like, like what, what, yeah, what's the evidence to support that things are going to get better? There is none. And the problem I have with him 
not necessarily the guy, but the coach is I would ask, where has he, where has he learned to be great? Where, no, no where, where has he, who did he learn under right. to see what it takes What's to get the coaching a tree with him yeah. to get to a certain level, to get to a powerhouse, what it takes from his players and from the coaches and, you know, the team to get to an elite level, and he hasn't studied under anyone. Well, like right, and we know that he was kind of the because of his success at Dayton. He went to an elite eight. He went to a Sweet Sixteen. He was kind of the but young. He was, he was also, the hot young coach. Is but what he was given the team. He's that's the best program in their conference. So he was given a group of guys, and and it didn't drop off. He just right. they just did really well, and they had that one run yeah. to the elite eight. Well, they, had two, good, that, they had two good years. They had a Sweet, sweet 16, sixteen. That's good though. I mean, that's and that's fine. But if you're given that kind of talent. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You just go, well... It wasn't like the guy, he didn't pick those guys. Correct. If he would have said, I have nothing and I'm building this program up to this level, okay, now we've got something to talk about that, that you did and that sort of thing. But when you're given a gift like that, kind of like we always He's probably to inflated say, to how good he really yeah, is. Yeah, it's like Mike Davis <laughs> with Bob Knight's players. You know, as we've seen some of this, maybe that wasn't such a bad argument. We, I used to say, ah, it's not that. He's still got to coach him. Well, when you're given a lot of talent, you're going to look better regardless of how good or bad a coach you are because your players are going to be better. They're, they were just better. And so I, th I think we're seeing that with him. So in the future, I want someone that has at least been in a program and seen what it takes to get to that point, whether it's an, a, an older IU player, whether it's someone that coaches with a – it doesn't have to be with an IU coach, but it could be someone – who has been in at Duke or North Carolina or something, and they see what it takes to get to that point. Right. That's a good point. Well, I mean, and then obviously we talked a lot about these first three years, and then this year, like you said, this year there was some there was some promise at times. There was, you know, we took Florida State to overtime. That was, they're a very good team, and and then we beat Iowa twice. And so, yeah, like you said, we're at twelve and nine. We're we're not great, but we're like we're fighting, and we're okay. We got a chance to make the tournament, which. You know, but no one, I don't know how, how you felt, that even at that point, I still was not sold that we were going to make it. No. We talked about this, that looking at, they have, the, what, the eighth toughest schedule in the country. The The Big Ten was obviously as tough as we've seen it ever, so we do, we can give him some slack there. But some more, just some more thoughts with Archie. He has not beaten Purdue one time in his career. That's another big knock for me. Sure. He's 0 and 8. And he hasn't Purdue. beaten Michigan either. And he hasn't beaten Michigan. So even if it wasn't Purdue, if you take Purdue and you push that aside, if you don't beat another team, any team in your conference for the time you've been here, that's a little bit of a problem. I don't care if it was Northwestern, if it was Illinois, if it was Michigan State. If you lose to the same team over and over and over, and you've done it to two teams, that's a little bit of a problem. It's a big problem. It's a real big problem. And then, like you had made a, a good point earlier with with the offense. And, and the offense, <laughs> for four years, like, like you said, it has not really changed in four years. I read an article this past week. The Purdue guard said he knew every play that IU was running. And 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 we're spoiled in the night air. We know that that with the motion offense and everything. But here's my here's my thought on on this. If something's not working, why don't you like you said? Why don't you switch it up and try some different offenses? 
try to generate some some other ways to score. Sure. But, but go ahead, go ahead. But if they execute their offense, if they ran it at a high efficiency level, then you get other things off of that. But oh, that absolutely. comes with coaching too, to say we're gonna run this. Teams expect us to do this, but we're gonna throw this wrinkle in, which I agree with you. But I would say the problem is with our team is in today's when you see ball reversal and things like that. We had two guys on the floor that could shoot the three, maybe. The problem is, on most teams, the third, the number, the, the number three, and the number four on their team can pull up and, and make a shot from out there. And they might have one, one and a half, two often post players, but they have at least three guys that can make the three. And so when you reverse that and you're open, you had so many guys that just couldn't make that shot. And that's the problem. He's built this team maybe for 30 years ago, but you cannot do that now. And the metrics say that with a three-point shot. You've got yeah. to utilize and, it. And I do give a little bit of slack with Archie in the sense that this year, you watched the games more than I did. I, I basically quit watching. I couldn't stomach it anymore. But they had open shots all season, and there were several times where they were open. And they just couldn't make shots. Yeah. And there is definitely something to that. That that's not that's not really the coach's fault in some ways. But here's my big thing on that: you got to recruit shooters. Why is he not recruiting shooters? I mean, he's had three straight years to recruit people, and he's not recruited shooters. And then this year, this next class, he lost several people to Purdue, to Michigan. I think maybe more. I don't know who else, but uh, he only got like one recruit for this for this year. Like so, like. <laughs> Well, the problem is with that is you can go two different ways on that. That you can't necessarily teach a guy to shoot, but a shooter can improve a little bit, can improve and do better, <laughs> even through the season, off season, things like that. But we almost seem like our shooters have gotten worse. So are you not teaching good shooting fundamentals? And, right. And it does beg that question. Are they putting in like, the work? What? Did you recruit the wrong guy? How can you be All this bad? All of it kind of falls on to a little bit to the coach to say, this is what it takes, and we're not getting it done, obviously. I think our biggest example of who got worse is Rob Fennessy. He he shot like 25% from three this year, and he's in the 30s in his other years. He seemed like he's gotten worse. Does it seem like he's gotten worse as a player? I mean... He does some good things on the defense. Yeah, end. he's very good ball, on the ball. The defender. He's, he's not a, he, a true point guard. But he does but he's get. Okay, he's decent. He's decent. But he he's not the player does, that does, we hoped. Right. He would but be. does it just seem like he's gotten worse? I mean, yeah. I mean, as a freshman, you look at him as a freshman. He's not gotten better. We can obviously say that. No, he's gotten stronger, and he does some things good at times. But he's inconsistent, and a lot of kids are inconsistent. You know, but. I'm just baffled. I keep talking about this with, with the shooting. Like, you know, we, we grew up with IU basketball, and there were teams that couldn't guard anybody or we weren't maybe physically real strong or we got beat up. I feel like we always could have some shooting. We always had some shooters or we could always kind of stay in the game because of our offense. I mean, you, I, I think you can agree. You didn't like Tom Crean's era that much, really. But at least we had a couple teams that were good, like and we could shoot. we could shoot, we could score, we could play with people. Yeah, that was kind of a sloppy era. We look at that. Archie's probably not as I don't think his teams are as sloppy. But I don't know a lot of turnovers. But not as much as Crean's era, though. I mean, not as much. Archie coaches at least at the beginning caught, taught defense better. His offense has suffered. The opposite was with Crean. He had yeah, a good he offense, couldn't guard people, but he couldn't teach. Yeah, he defense. couldn't teach defense. No. So we'll see. But I don't know how – I mean, there's no way you can win if you're – like you say, if you're shooting two for 20 from three, two for 16. 
I mean, I looked at those numbers. This six game losing streak. We we just we couldn't hit anything. And that's and you're missing layups. It's not just yeah. We missed layups this year a lot too. We miss we miss chippies. I mean, and if you can't even make your layups, you got no shot. No matter how good you're I guess I'm I'm still just baffled. How could they be that bad for four years in offense? It's been that it's been just painful to watch on the offense. Good question. Um so that gets us to now, obviously, with with uh and I've watched I watched Archie's post game and, and I, I actually felt bad for him. I guess they were I guess they're the fans there at Lucas Oil were booing him, fire Archie fire, and I think I understand if you feel that way, but I think that was disrespectful. I don't think that was the place you should do that. There's a problem with that though. It's in a way, it's excusable because fans haven't been allowed to any of the games. Yeah. So this is a first game all year that fans could be allowed. So <laughs> we they, go nine minutes without so they, scoring a field goal. So they vented their frustration because it was the only game they could. When you go, when you finish the season not making a field goal for ten minutes, and you have a bit of a home court, you have sixty-one points, and you have a bit of a home court advantage. Home court advantage in your state. It's all ready for you to do. I can understand the frustration. I understand the frustration. I think so, that, I think they should have done it in a different way. we're so ready for something different that I, I can almost excuse it. I get it. I get it. Yeah, I get it. I, I still, I still felt fan. bad for him, though. I still felt bad for him because I, I, you know he's trying. Sure. But you still feel bad but that that happened. it's not working out. No. It's just not working Here's out. my thought. I know that the buyout is big. It could be, what, $10 million? Here's what I'm looking long-term, though. I'm like, I think they've lost a lot of the fan base. I don't. I can't watch them anymore because they're not fun to watch. But what I'm saying is, I think next year they're not going to sell tickets. They're not going to make money they like they've not. been. And I'm like, to me, you, I think you're at this point. It was so bad this year. You just eat that money, and if you got somebody that you can get, that's good, and that's, I say you you get you. I say you get rid of. You got to have a better replacement if you let him go. That's what I'm saying. Because there are still fans. You would not believe how many fans would go to a game. The, the fan base is really big. It is. But, but, you know, most of us may get frustrated about it, but to go to a game, people still enjoy going to a game. And they may go to vent their frustration, too. So, I mean, what would you do if you're in the situation? Would you fire him, or would you say, well, it's too expensive, and we'll just suck it up for another year? I mean, what are your thoughts on that? It depends if your fans are coming back with your revenue. If you can get football and... And well, football's on the uptick. We made money on football this year. They were good. But if you have fans in the, if we get fans in the stands for the football, there's your revenue. There's a lot of your revenue. And if you can get fans for basketball, there's your revenue. I say we get rid of him. Well, but we've had a year of going in the hole. Uh, you know, and I'm no business major, but the problem is, is do you wait a year? I don't like the product, but can they do it financially unless a big donor or someone like that? I, I think it was. I don't know. I think it was so bad this year. That's the only thing that will save him. There's nothing. There's nothing about Arch. There's True. nothing about you would look at the program and say, "Yeah, this is really promising and encouraging." We had a losing record, and we haven't we haven't had any 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 Big Ten seasons where we won more than we lost. What was baffling though, getting back to Archie's post game. I was amazed how positive he was. He was talking about, you know, because they're asking him tough questions and he's saying, you know, I don't think about not being back. And and he says, you know, he was talking about with the administration, the people that he's talking to, the athletic team every day. And he said, he says he feels encouraged and good about going forward. And I'm like, I'm like, that is a bunch of what? I mean, how? I mean, how could you, how could you be positive or encouraged 
<laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I, I think that's... Maybe they're supporting him there. He's within, living in a dream world if he thinks it's encouraging. It's, it's, maybe his athletic, the athletic department is encouraging him, and that's why he feels encouraged. I mean, that's... Uh, <laughs> now, the product is not encouraging It's awful. Us, it's but, it's embarrassing. But maybe the people he works with every day are encouraging him, and maybe that's That's possible. I mean, that, it's it's actually embarrassing to watch on offense. It, it, I'm embarrassed for us. Like, True. I don't know. Well, time will tell. Yeah, we'll see. I think we'll find out, obviously, in the next month or two what's going to happen and, and uh, we'll move on from there. So, yeah, uh, obviously, we talked a lot about IU and they're not going to obviously be in the tournament again in Archie's era. So, you know, with this year, with the college tournament, I don't know how you're feeling, but I just don't think it's as, it's been as exciting to watch basketball. I don't think the tournament is as exciting with the teams that are at the top. I mean, obviously, we, we despise Duke and Kentucky, and maybe it's good that they're not in there, but I don't know. I just don't feel the same excitement about going into the tournament it's this year. because we haven't had the fans and the environment as what we've had right. in the past that makes it kind of exciting when we watch a game. But, you know, our lives have been busy, and we've had all this other stuff to deal with. So um, who knows? Maybe you'll have more buzzer beaters this year or something, and and we'll get into it, and we'll we'll enjoy it. But at least we have a tournament this year. Yeah, I'm glad we're I was gonna, disappointed I'm, we didn't have. Oh one yeah, last I was really year. disappointed last year when we didn't have one. So at least we got to have one. Yeah, I mean that's a positive thing. Uh, I think one of the biggest storylines is is Gonzaga with the cake schedule that they play in conference. Are they going to be able to be the first team to win it all and, and have a perfect season? I'm sorry. Um, you know, obviously we haven't seen that since IU in '76. I really don't want them to. I like to keep that going with IU. I don't know, just from a nostalgia standpoint. And but um, I tend to too. But I mean, it's possible in a modern era. You know, they don't play as good a conference, obviously, but they beat some good teams in the preseason. Yeah, they always play a good non-conference schedule. But they have to because they don't play anybody in conference. It, it, the pressure mounts a little bit, so we'll see. I what think happens. it's always worked against them. They've always had great records and top seeds here in recent years. And Mark Hughes is a very good coach. But I do think it hurts them and it hurts their chances when they play against, excuse me, more quality teams. Um, it'll be interesting, like I said, when the brackets come out tomorrow and we sure. all start filling out our brackets. Um, but you might be right with the buzzer beater comment because you look at, except for a handful of teams, you look at the top 25 teams, a lot of them have a lot of losses. There's not very many teams that you're real like, oh, man, they're really good. They really play great all season. So it could be a lot of fun. It could be, but the top three or four teams only have four or five losses between them, and then you got the rest that have a lot more losses. Yeah. So you either have maybe a couple dominant teams, or you may have just, or you never know. It's always to me. It's always it's more fun. fun when you have some Cinderella teams. I, I've always said that you want these these mid major teams to go far. I think it's it's more exciting. Yeah, you might have a Winthrop or Loyola come out yeah. again and and get make. Loyola is ranked ranked this year, so mm-hmm. that's that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, so we'll see what happens there. Don't have a lot of time, so we're going to move on to some football talk before we wrap this up. Uh, so obviously, Indianapolis Colts had a nice season this year. Um, had Philip Rivers, who had actually played better than I thought he would for an old guy, and and they had a nice season and had a chance to beat Buffalo in the playoffs. And then obviously with Rivers retiring, they've obviously been scrambling to figure out who we're going to get and what's going to happen, and and with this quarterback situation. And so they signed Carson Wentz. I want to get your thoughts on what you think of. That sign and what do you think is going to how that's going to work out and just your your opening thoughts on Carson Wentz. Well, I hope Frank Reich knows what he's doing on that because I wasn't real enthusiastic about his season, but Philadelphia is pretty dysfunctional these past couple of years. So, um, 
I tend to give a little benefit of the doubt to Frank Reich and knowing what he has bringing in, or maybe at least what he was. He has the potential to be a top 10 quarterback, maybe top five, a lot of people talk about. Um, so, I mean, I tend to, you know, and Chris Ballard seems to be a pretty good evaluator of talent. Mm-hmm. So I tend to say they maybe see some things, obviously, that we don't. So maybe he'll turn out to be a great pick and they'll surround him, you know, with good offensive line and he'll play well. We have a good running game, a pretty good defense. I hope we get a pass rusher or some or two in the in the draft and maybe a playmaker in free agency, maybe a receiver or something. That would be really great. So um, on paper, they look like they're the they're the best in the division. Oh, it does look I, like I agree. If I agree. Deshaun Watson doesn't play or he gets traded. Well, even if he does play, Houston's in shambles right they, now. They they're, are. They're a dysfunctional but, um, organization. So, I mean, we should be a playoff team regardless. Oh, yeah. But how good is he going to be? I He has the potential to be really – and he's only 24. So it's not like he's very no, old. He's, no, he's – Wentz is like 28 or 29. Is he 28 or 29? Yeah, he's been okay. in the league longer than we, we realized. Okay. One of the things I think was good about the hire was Frank Reich worked with – he was the coordinator with Wentz in 17 when Wentz was playing at kind of an, almost an MVP level. He was an MVP candidate. So I do think that helps Wentz and, and some other things you mentioned. They have a really good offensive line. not Maybe not as good as two years ago, but still a top 10 line going into the season. Like you said, they got a good running game. Sure, um, they've got a, a defense that was a top what, top five defense, I think. Yeah. So man, they've really numbers. got a solid team uh, across the board, and like you're right, I think they do need maybe one more playmaker. Ty Hilton's getting a little long in the tooth, and and uh, that, yeah, I think I think Wentz, though, like we said, we've seen the good with Wentz, and we saw the this last year. It was just horrible. He was horrible. If they clean his mechanics up, his mechanics are off. If yeah. They clean those up. He can be a good a good player because he's proven he's been a good. He's player. got the physical. He's got the physical tools. He's got a strong enough arm. He can make all the throws. I worry about just between the ears. Honestly, he's had some scar tissue and and, and he got hit a lot the last couple of years. But a better offensive. But a better line, offensive line's got to help. Coach, yeah. he's got a fresh start, and he may be really maybe just what he needed. Yeah, just what we need. He might do. He might do great. I want to yeah. root for him and have him do great things. Yeah. you know, we'll just have to wait and see. I'll say this. Since Stafford was gone, I like Stafford a little better. He already got he already got traded, of course. And then um, to me, he you know I don't think Watson's going anywhere. The Texans have said he's he's not gonna he's, we're not trading him. And then Russell Wilson, I know, is complaining about wanting to get out, but they're not gonna get him. So I think I think it was a good hire. I, I think for what was available, he, if you don't have him, you, you're you've got Eason, Tony Eason's but boy. You don't know, but you don't know he's a no name, but he's been. He was number one coming out of high school. Though. Yeah, but they've they've he's been documented. He's he's known for being a little lazy. He's not the hardest worker. So that's oh. that's that's what I've heard. And then, and then Brissett, we know what Brissett is. He's just a backup. He's not that good. He's just okay. So I mean, it's an upgrade from from that from what they have. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see how he how he does. Um, he definitely seems to be turnover prone in his career, but um, definitely, I think the future's bright for the Colts with with all they've got going. So. We'll see. Um, yeah, I think the only team in that division is Tennessee. They'll give them some some trouble. Yeah, that's the yeah. only other team I think that can really compete with them coming into the year. Yeah, unless Trevor Lawrence proves to be the best, one of the best quarterbacks we've seen. <laughs> yeah, in but it's just, a different te- right. Coach. But it's Jacksonville. They have a lot of other issues. Jacksonville quarterback can make a big difference. It though. can make a big difference, but Jacksonville's not 
it's a rough place to be. True, but they still beat the Colts this year <laughs> for their only victory. <laughs> yeah, so, week one they beat them. So that was a bad they loss. Still for the took Colts. them down to the wire. Yeah, the they played them matchup. tough in the second game. That's, so, that's divisional matchups though too. Sometimes yeah. you play better in your division. True, true. So yeah, one last topic before we before we head out here. Um, Dak Prescott, obviously, the Dak Prescott situation has been going on and on. And being a Dallas Cowboys fan, I, I mean, I've been listening to this stuff for a year and a half. And I know people that are not, if I'm sick of hearing about it, I know the people that are not Dallas fans got tired of it. And, you know, what are your thoughts on his, I mean, this contract that he got? Do you think it was a good contract? Do you think they overpaid? I mean, just what are your thoughts on this contract? I mean, well, they he got what he wanted. So it's good for him. Oh yeah, and the Cowboys have it, so they can pay him. Absolutely, it was good for him. Uh, um, does it hurt the the cap or the whole team? I don't know, but he he's proven he surprised me on his numbers and and how he's played and um, you know did he did he win enough games to justify that? He's a five hundred quarterback, kind of a little bit above. It's uh, he's okay. I think in his first four years, he had more wins than anyone. As a starter, other than Brady, which is a very strange stat. It's not one you would think. The only reason I know that I listen to Skip and Shannon, you know, at you know at nauseum talk about this. Um, and I did hear this week about that big contract. Obviously, it's 40, 40 million per year on average for one hundred sixty million in four years. That's that's an incredible contract. I mean, obviously, he did as well as he could have gone. I mean, he got. He got the biggest signing bonus in NFL history, and it, it got money just behind Mahomes. Um, but uh, I don't know. I there's more quarterbacks we feel are better than him. Obviously, I think he's. I think he's but like a. Is he a top ten quarterback? Eight, I think he's a nine, ten, eight spot. I think that's eight to ten spot best quarterback in the league. That's kind of where I think. Um, I just I'm not sold on him. I mean, I'm and I'm tough on my teams. I always am, but. So now they just draft defense from here on out. Oh, I know. And I know. And they should be okay. It really helps. That they you know, they got him in that, in that sense. They can forget about that and just, yeah, they just got to get defense. But it is over. We don't yeah. have to hear about it anymore. Now he right. just has to go out and earn it. Yeah. Just a few more things and then we'll wrap up. Um, in his first year, he's only going to make $22 million on the cap. So that's really good. That's actually, if he'd gone on the tag, it's gonna, he was going to get $37 million a year. So that's great for Dallas from that standpoint. I mean, at least Jerry Jones got that done where they have $15 million they can spend on free agency, which they, as we've talked about, they need defense. Their defense was embarrassing. Um, and, you know, I, I think Dak bet on himself, and, and he won in this sense with the money. But I just, I'm just, I'm at a point where, okay, you got this big contract, and you, you think you're worth that. I want to see it. Like, well, he's worth it because he got it. And, and so I mean, we've seen a lot of these other he, guys get. So what's it take to earn it? If you're going to say it, you're mad at, if him, I get a Super Bowl in four years, it's worth it. Win it or go just make it. What okay, if he gets okay. to a conference championship game. At least a Super Bowl. At least get to the Super Bowl in the next three to four years. And I would say, okay, we'll, we'll take that. But <laughs> I don't know if there isn't a team that wouldn't take that in the NFL. Here's the here's the last question, then we'll wrap up. Do you think if he had gone and become a free agent, and do you think any other team would have offered him forty offer what he got with Dallas? I don't know if anyone has the. the I'm saying that I'd say they have the money to do it. Do you think other teams would have done that? 
You don't think the Jets would have done it? I don't know. No. They might have. No. <laughs> I, I don't, but it's pure speculation. We don't know how other GMs and other organizations feel. But teams that haven't had a good quarterback, uh, the Jets, you know, <laughs> Darnold, but their organization. Jets is, is awful. Um, awful. Who else is? The, the Lions? Well, Jacksonville's had problems. Well, Jackson. Lions had Stafford. They just didn't have anything around Okay, him. Stafford's um, been a good quarterback. He just didn't have any help. Who else has a has a bad quarterback? Well, for years, San Francisco's had issues. Garoppolo they signed Garoppolo a, a huge contract, but he's not he's not worth what he's got. He's um, clearly not worth what about the Bears? Got. Bears have had a, their whole history. You don't tell me the Bears wouldn't have paid him. For they might have. Now, there's a good point. The Bears theory. might the Bears might have. You think about the Bears though; they've always had quarterback problems. Their whole so, history, they've never they conceded to have a good quarterback. They might be I the, bet the fan base they might be they, they about might have that. been the one exception, but you know they gave Cutler a big deal and, and they got him and he, he he didn't live up to anything. Well, sure, sure, I agree. So you never know. We won't know. It'd be nice to see. I'd like him to do well. I mean, I hope he does well. I'm a Dallas fan, and I, I I'd love to see him lead them to something other than mediocrity and oh losing the divisional playoff round or losing the wild card round. I mean, um, it's hard. It's yeah. I mean, but. Only time will tell, and we'll see what happens. Well, thank you for being with me. I've enjoyed uh, having a podcast. It's been since November since we've been able to have one, and I'll have to, I'll definitely bring you back when we get close to fantasy football time, and we'll talk about that upcoming season with the changes that we're going to make. And thank you for being on the show. Thanks for having me. It was fun.